Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Ray Luskin. And Ray's a true leader in using creative expression to nurture self-worth, resilience, healing, and social change. For 20 years, she has helped individuals and teams discover their passion, purpose, and authentic power to become confident and effective thought leaders and creative problem solvers. Ray passionately focuses her lens on improving the lives of women and children, whether designing artwork for Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky's Ask Gun Safety campaign or sharing her personal story of healing from childhood sexual abuse. Ray believes when we share our stories of resilience, people know they're not alone and it creates a positive ripple of hope. In 2016, she received the Woman of Distinction Award and was nominated for Beauty In, Beauty Out Award. She's the author of the Benjamin Franklin Award winning inspirational book, The Creative Artist, Make the World Better, One Person, One Action at a Time. And I can't wait to introduce you to Ray. She's going to explain how creativity can lead to healing. And don't worry if you feel you're not creative. There's something you do or something you used to do that holds the key to feeling better. It can help you lose weight and look younger too. So be sure to listen in. Here's Ray. I am so excited to have Ray Luskin with us. I have to say, we've been chatting for a few minutes before I hit record, and already I can just tell this is going to be such a fun, inspirational uh, conversation, and I just can't wait to share her with all of you. So welcome, Ray. So glad to have you. Oh, thank you, Debbie. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, as we were saying, I feel like I'm getting a new friend out of this conversation. So. Isn't that so fun? I just, this is this is the wonderful world of uh, podcasting right here. So uh, it's it's really exciting. Let's just dive right in. So let's talk about repair the world and, and why would this be something that you're interested in? Well, the idea of repair the world is something I grew up with. Um, I'm, I'm Jewish by birth and, you know, I practice Judaism, but there was a story told to me and it was before God created the world, you know, it was filled with this holy peace and presence. And, you know, God took a breath and said, you know, let there be, you know, let you know, let's create the world. And so, you know, he created the darkness and then he, you know, God created the light and it was filled in these vessels and God was sending it down to earth. And the idea was the vessels couldn't contain the light and they cracked. And the, and then from there it was our purpose in life is to, to go in and capture those sparks. And when we do, we will create peace on earth again, you know, so heal the world. And so my family was very, you know, very philanthropic. And so I was raised that way, you know, that you you are of service, you volunteer, you're a role model, you're a mentor, all these kinds of pieces. And they, they modeled that for me. I didn't know at the time that that would be one of my greatest healing tools. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a book called The Creative Activist, Make the World Better, One Person, One Action at a Time. And the first line in the book is art and service saved my life. So these are the two pieces. And so, so I talk about repair the world, one creative spark at a time. Beautiful. And how did art and service save your life? Well, uh, I'll tell you the, the story, this, this one piece of it. It was my 35th birthday and um, I got my kids off to school and, you know, I crawled back in bed, you know, my hair was just greasy and dirty and, you know, but I didn't care because I had made my mind up I was going to kill myself that day. I just was so depressed. I'd been in talk therapy for 12 years. I never felt like I was making, 
you know, any significant changes in my life, you know, the, the, the pain of being sexually abused as a child still, mm. you know, was so pervasive in my life. So I made this list. I decided, okay, I'm going to write this list first of all the things that were horrible in my life. So I did that first. And there were like 88 things. I said, okay, stop, enough. And then mm. on another piece of paper, I started writing the things that were wonderful in my life. You know, I, I had a nice husband, a beautiful home, but I, the gift was my two children, you know, these two beautiful, precious souls. So I said, okay, I'm going to make a decision at this moment. I'm going to, I am going to do everything in my power to turn my life around. And I say I became a self-help junkie. I started reading and, you know, writing and instead of dirty laundry piling up, I had gratitude journals and, and did well journals all over my house. Yeah. And I still and, suffered. And, and Ray, I want to stop you there because, I mean, I know personally, I, I, I've i had friends who've committed suicide and I know people listening have. So you, you're, you're saying it sort of matter of factly, like well, where you saw the gratitude and you just made a decision. But for so many people, it's it's not that simple. What it's did you? Not, I mean, I'm, yeah, you know, we're talking. I was struggling. I spent, mm-hmm. like I said, 12 years in therapy. Yeah. And I worked. I really worked, you know, but I felt like I was always living a lie. If you really knew me, you'd go running for the hills. And that was even after doing all the inner child work and all this amazing work that I know you do with people mm-hmm. and the forgiveness work. And But I had to go deeper, you know, and, and, but I didn't, and then this is where I'm getting to the art part. One day I actually just picked up a crayon and, you know, I'd always been an artist. So I'd always had, you know, lots of art materials around my house, but I picked up a crayon and I started scribbling and the you know, this black crayon just became this red river of raw pain. And I couldn't Mm. believe after 10 minutes of scribbling, how my whole demeanor changed. There was like this energy running up and down my arm. And I always believe you need to work with and in conjunction with someone who is a specialist in this area. And, but I, this, this tool of being able to release this pain in a different way, it was like my face changed. You know, I'd run into people and they, and cause then I started to scribble more and more cause I realized, mm-hmm. oh my God, this isn't, scribbling isn't just, you know, something frivolous. This is something that was a healing tool. And I started and it, scribbling all my pain wow. and it was huge. And, it, it, and so people notice and say to me, oh my God, what'd you do? Change your hair, lose mm-hmm. weight. You look happy. And that's how I went. And it was like this decision to, to do whatever it took. And that was a decision versus on always um, looking towards the outside for um, the healer, the guru. Yes, you need people to be your partner, but I also needed to look inside and see what was already there. Mm. What tools did I already own? And, and, so- and when, you, but you, when you're in that dark place, first of all, it sounds like the, the, the coloring was such a release for you. It was. It was. Right. Oh. But when you're you're in that dark place, I mean, to have to write down, you said, 80 or 88 things that you just were just all going wrong for you, even to say, OK, now I'm going to write what's right for so many people. They're stuck in that story. They're stuck in, you know, what what has been created. And then, you know, you repeat it enough. It becomes a belief and right. slips into your subconscious and it's who you are. So what even made you say, oh, you know what? OK, enough with the 88, I could keep going. Let me focus on what's right. Because there are so many people who would have just kept that list going and would have owned it. Like, this is who I am. What even made you say, you know what, let me just see if I could come up with anything positive. I think positive. there was enough um, 
self-love inside me, uh, some spark of a holy presence that I may not have been able to touch at that moment, to know that there was something bigger, grander for me. You know, those were the questions that were sort of running in the background. So why did I have this experience? What am I meant to do with this? Is this the legacy I want to leave my children, you know, mm. of pain and despair and suicide? So this was always running in the background. It was like, okay, I, I, I do believe it was being guided by a, a bigger presence than myself, mm. by a Holy Spirit. I okay. really do. Yeah. And then, okay, so you started coloring and it just, it just. It opened up my whole yeah. world. I mean, things just clicked and I and I really dived into the coloring and then I started painting the pain and and in a much more realistic you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. somebody else would know what I'm talking about and feel and but I, I'm it was part of that journey of saying okay I've got these stories you know I I've I've gotten to the other side of wanting to kill myself mm-hmm. now I didn't really talk about that for until recently you know mm-hmm. I talked about healing from childhood sexual abuse but somehow taking it to that point of, you know, I'm going to kill myself. I, mm-hmm. I really didn't share that until a few years ago, that story. And, uh-huh. and, you know, and I'm wondering, was the coloring, because we associate coloring so often with children, right? Was there something about the coloring where you were sort of honoring that that child maybe that was? Oh, I, don't... I, I would say so. I think, you know, because I'm always saying, you know, I am a beloved child of God. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't know that at that time. But that is one of the words I, those are one of my affirmations that I use right mm. now, whenever I feel that, that angst or pain or worry or fear, you know, and, and so I would say yes. And, and just, there is the sense of freedom when you scribble, there's no expectations. Mm-hmm. And when I work with people, I tell them to scribble with your eyes closed and use your non-dominant hand because you can't judge yourself then. There is oh, wow. no judgment associated with the scribble. Mm-hmm. And were you surprised by what would show up on the on the paper? Oh, totally. Because I also used it then to, you know, whatever images came, then I would also write with it. You know, I'd have dialogue with it. What what thought, you know, what what is this? You know, and what am I need to learn from this? So mm-hmm. it becomes a you're using uh, you're expanding your um, your brain. You know, mm-hmm. you're using all, it's a holistic brain exercise when you scribble and then write and you're, you know, and you're bypassing the judgments and the old, and you're creating new neural pathways. Mm. And, you know, and I, I, I really would love you to dive in more to that. The only experience I had, and I wonder if the listeners can relate to this, it, I, I don't normally do anything artistic in that way at all. I mean, I write, but I don't do anything creative in, in the arts in that way. And part of my, uh, part of the PhD program, there was this sort of seminar and we had to build or create these boxes and decorate them and paint them and all these things. (laughs) And, and it was so Ray, I'll tell you, it was amazing because this box that I created and decorated was couldn't have represented where I was in my journey at that moment. I was blown away and putting all of my, my own stuff aside just to create, I was shocked by what I came up with. I mean, is that the idea behind this type of art? Oh, I, I, yes. I mean, that's part of it. And again, it, uh, it's about self-expression. It's about creating clarity and awareness because we don't know what we're feeling half the time. You know, or we've made a judgment, like you were saying, we, we have we built a story around something. So you don't know what it's like, but if you use a different modality, 
if you, and, and I'm not limiting it to art. It could be cooking. It can be gardening. Creativity, creative expression is a much broader term. So many people get stuck in the idea, I must be an artist. And they have all these stories around um, either they were told somewhere along the way, you're just not that good at it. You can't make any money at it. You know, why would you do that? Cows aren't purple, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. we have stopped using one of our greatest gifts. And we all have this gift. I mean, when we are born, they've done studies and they say 98% of children under five are creative. Mm. And, and as it goes up, by the time you reach your 20s, you're talking maybe 15%. <laughs> right, right. We have lost this art that, you know, and it's an art of imagination. And, you know, what are we using our imagination for? To beat ourselves up, to tell ourselves we're not good enough, to repeat those same stories that we've heard from other people about us, or to, to you know, I'm broken, I'm wounded, uh, no mm. one will ever love me. Or are we creating stories that take us out of that to say, I can do anything. I am brilliant. I am, you know, passionate, purposeful. I am able to to do or be, create anything I mm. want. And, and you know what? And it seems like even just the act of giving yourself that time, that space to create is an act of self-love. And I imagine that just opens the door to so much more. So get back to your story. So now here you start coloring. What kinds of things showed up? What did it what did it bring out for you? What what did it what did it show you? You know, it was it was interesting because I had always made up a story about it wasn't that bad. You know, it just now my grandfather, this and I had a double edged sword going on because my grandfather was an artist and I was an artist. And it's all started when I was seven years old. He invited I won a contest and my artwork was on display at the Marshall Fields department store, which was very famous at the time in Chicago. And he said, I want to teach you to paint. Because you know, I was seven, I was so delighted and excited and you know, and then it got wonky and weird, you know, and I thought at first, I'm seven, you know, and you think it's normal. By the time I was 13, mm-hmm. I knew it was not normal. And yet, on the one hand, he understood me better than anybody else in my family and mm-hmm. could relate to that art piece. So it was always both mm-hmm. ends for me. It's like, I love art and stuff. So, uh, you know, whatever stories, I think the biggest thing when I really started to paint was to look at at. Uh, it, it gave me a deeper ability to notice what he gave me and separate the act from the person mm-hmm. who was mentally ill, who was repeating what he had been exposed to as a child, you know, and I think it allowed me to deep it deeply go into forgiveness in ways I couldn't imagine. And I couldn't see that, you know, in the, in the, until I started to draw and, and really paint out my feelings. I see. So, okay. So just to, just to be clear, this is the abuser. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're, you're separating it then. And that's a rough one because on one hand you're receiving this beautiful gift on the other, the, the, the immense, I imagine confusion because this just clearly isn't right. Okay. So how did that lead to a breakthrough for you? Um, well, the breakthrough was, a, knowing that I had something within me that was stronger than the pain. There was, there, was this, there was this gift inside me that allowed me to access, to express pain, to express my feelings of going. And I watched as I used my art, the dark, muddy colors. And then it was all about me and my pain. And, you know, this girl and this, this icky figure touching her breasts or whatever it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I noticed... All of a sudden, I started working about caring about other people 
and the outside, you know, my colors changed, you know, so I went to, you know, this place of, you know, ick to then, okay, somebody else. So I did a painting called um, See No Evil, Speak No Evil, Hear No Evil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this face was inside bars, but in all the squares, I do a lot of collage work. You know, there were pictures of other people suffering, of war, of refugees, things like that. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm moving from my own pain to at least noticing other people's pain. So oh, that was wow. a big aha for me. Mm-hmm. And I could track my, my growth as I went and then the change in the colors, you know, and, and what I liked. And then, you know, and over the years, now I paint pictures of joy and rebirth and, you know, and very connected to nature. And I do these somewhat whimsical at times, but, you know, pieces, they're all colorful, but women strong, um, but connected in ways to trees and mother nature. And, you know, so I could see my own growth and personal development from the artwork itself. And then I used it as a tool because I go out and I started sharing my story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't tell anybody that in my bigger circle, you know, mm-hmm. I've always been, as we start talking about philanthropy and volunteering, and I've been in a lot of groups, but eventually I found my way to the National Council of Jewish Women, which had, you know, want to improve the lives of women and children. And this friend of me had asked if I would take charge of this, uh, it was called the Silent Witnesses, mm-hmm. which are these life-size red figures of women who've been killed from domestic violence. And that was like my first starting to open up and talk about my past. I mm-hmm. didn't right away, but I worked in that arena. I mean, I marched in Washington and we laid these, and at this time they weren't plastic. They were heavy wooden figures. Right. And we marched around Washington, laid them around the, the pool. And it was the most visually unbelievable experience to, to be part of, to watch and to see this, this massive um, piece. Mm-hmm. And so I started combining my art and my, you know, uh, and, and it took me to a place of I can be an art, a creative activist mm. you know, and stuff like that. So it, it has been a gift. And so there was at one point I did, um, Congressman Jan Schakowsky was doing a gun safety um, program. And I did a piece of artwork where there are these hands sitting around a, a, a piece of bread, you know, a tala, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then also in one hand is a gun. You know, and she used that artwork as part of her campaign. We did a postcard campaign. Wow. So so a, a few things going on here. Okay. You're, you're finding, yeah, you're finding this wonderfully creative outlet for your pain. And in doing so, you're, here you are now becoming this activist using what you've gained, your creative expression, just to, to, to help other people here. And- as you notice, it's so interesting how you saw the colors changing as you were feeling better. Did you notice any physical, like what, what were the physical changes that you noticed as well? Because as you heal, your, your body's healing oh, your too. your body does change, right? Mm-hmm, well, first mm-hmm. of all, you know, I, I, you know, weight was always an issue with me. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's still a challenge. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I built a wall of fat around me. I wanted nothing to do with, I wanted to be invisible. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I felt that was the easiest way to keep men away, you know, to, um, you know, just, I don't want any unwanted attention. I don't want to shine. I used to walk around with my head down. I, you know, I was slumped shoulders, but as I started to feel better and release a lot of this stuff, I noticed my posture changed. My face literally changed. There were less, there was a, there was a softness to me that didn't exist before because I always felt armored against the world. Mm-hmm. And th- those were some of the physical changes. 
And just in the, I don't know, probably the last five years, I actually released 65 pounds. And I I believe in the power of creative visioning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were talking about our imagination. So I wrote this, you know, piece about what I would be doing and how I wanted to look and what I wanted to feel. Because I think that's a really big piece of the work I do with people is Mm -hmm. having a vision. You know, love. Yeah. And it also sounds like you're finally at a point where you feel safe. So if you feel you don't feel you're threatened, it's safe to lose the weight. It's safe to to look a certain way and to receive attention because you're not you're not afraid. So if that and I I wanted to be able to go out in the world, too, and feel good because I I made a decision. And part of that vision was being more open about what I was doing. And, you know, over the years, you know, I started probably in the nineties, early nineties, I started sharing my story, you know, and, and the first time and talk about my knees shaking. Oh my God. And I just mm. had this little pit, you know, like I had a, a Xerox of some of my artwork to show people at that point. I was like really a little hesitant. And I was like, but somebody came up to me and said, you've saved my life. Yeah. And if that is not a reason to keep doing what you're doing, there is, that was like the gift that just, you know, mm. has kept on giving. And you know, I realize I share my story. I share other people's stories. As we were chatting about before, I've interviewed like 200 creative activists around the country and in the world. And I love to share their stories. I think, A, because I never shared my story. I was, it was a big secret. I didn't tell anybody until I was 21 years old, mm-hmm. you know. So that, but I also believe we all have something to learn from each other. Everybody wants to be seen, heard, and understood. And if we can witness that, um, we're giving a gift to ourselves and to other people. Oh, absolutely. And and you know what, Ray, it's so true what you say. And I know I only recently started sharing my story. I mean, here I've been in business 27 years, health, mindset, personal development, all of that. But all of this around betrayal, it's very recent. And I remember a mentor saying, wisdom, wisdom is the experience without the pain. And I wanted to get to that place of wisdom before I started sharing my story. And it's so amazing because how it frees you physically, mentally, emotionally. So anybody listening who is feeling like their story would benefit someone, you're paying such a physical price hanging on to it. Of course, do it when you're ready, but it's. And find somebody who's safe. Yeah. You know, to that you really want to be with. But, you know, so often we get hung up with, well, we have to tell our story. And part mm-hmm. of what I do is tell people your story can be a quote. It can be a photograph. It can be a collage. It can be the written word, a poem. There's so many ways to tell our stories and we get get hung up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know the first time I ever told my story was like at a 12 step group, you know, when you have to do your fourth step. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, when I finally mm-hmm. told this girl it was like this sigh of relief, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, phew. And it's yeah. interesting. She said, oh, my God, what you told me just changed my life. She said, wow. I can relate to this, this and this. And we have been best friends for almost 30 years since then. Wow. <laughs> so if someone isn't creative, it, it, they don't think they're creative. So they're not an artist. What would be some ways you'd recommend them just expressing themselves? Um. Uh, Look back, and, and I really believe, look back at your childhood. Was there anything that you really liked to do that brought a smile to your face? That could have been playing softball. It could have been you love to dance around the room or pretend you're a rock star. There's so many ways that you can sort of start tapping into that creative energy again. And if you like to cook, you know, that's a gift. You know, that that's a way. And, you know, um, I had done some original research. <laughs> this is one of those stories, you know, it's like, 
I was uh, a part of my journey at the, at the time there were body and soul conferences. This was before Louise Hay and Oprah mm-hmm. did all her stuff. And mm-hmm. it was by the transformational psychologist. And I became a, a junkie. I mean, I traveled all over the world. You know, I went to, to Ireland, I went to, you know, whatever. And the, the premier teachers at the time were Jean Chinabola, um, Larry Dossie, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. those kind of people. And, and Julia Cameron was out at that time and she had just done the, you know, her book and stuff. And um, I brought my, I created the first memoir of its type. Nobody had done any memoirs on, you know, on healing from sexual abuse at that time. And I was, you know, I did the memoir. I had my poems, my vignettes, my, my artwork, everything. And I brought it to them and they said, and I shared it at this conference and I got, it's not enough. You need more stories. Hmm. So, you know, being upset and disappointed, but okay, I, I understood what they were saying. And so I came back and I have a master's in urban planning. So I know how to write a questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote a questionnaire, like 11 page questionnaire. And I sent it out to people and it was called Odyssey of Healing, Survivor to Thriver. And the idea was about all the alternative modalities, you know, how you use body work, spirituality, forgiveness, gratitude, artwork, all these things that weren't really being talked about at the time and, and were, you know, which are now a lot more mainstream. And I got back 150 questionnaires, unbelievable material, beautiful stories. One woman rehabbed a house. Every room was a part of her soul. And that's what she did. You know, so when you say there are so many ways to be creative and to tell your story or to heal, there are so many more ways than we can even imagine. Yeah. And so I I came back and I, you know, I hand tabulated everything because this was pre-computers, you know, so (laughs) all those little hash marks. Every time I sit down to write that book, I said, um, who do you think you are? You know, why would anybody listen to you? And that book never got written as, as in that form. Now, I contributed to other people's books. You know, Laura Davis, um, I was in one of her editions of The Courage to Heal. And, you know, and there was another book, Shine the Light on Sexual Abuse in the Jewish Community. So I, I told my stories afterwards, but I never had that that courage to tell my story. It took mm-hmm. a really long time. And and I think the other piece that I noticed for myself and I know for many of the people I've worked with over the years is they're waiting for the person, the abuser, the family members who would be upset to die mm-hmm. because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And they're worried it'll either get back to them. They'll be disappointed in them. Um, and, you know, we have to get over that because this is about our healing. And mm-hmm. when we are truly healed and in that space of loving ourselves so much, we can love other people and we are, we are a gift. Right. Wonderful. How would you, because forgiveness is such a huge piece of this. Was there something, is there some way that really worked for you to help forgive? Yes. I mean, there've been several, but one of them, and it's again, it's using creativity and art, uh, but everybody can draw a heart. There is not a person in this world who cannot draw a heart. So I suggest that you draw your heart in this constricted, broken way, whatever it feels like. So it may have a lot of black cracks in it. It could be whatever scattered heart, you know, your heart won't be rounded. It could have jagged edges. That's what some of the people have done when I've done this. So draw your heart as it is broken right now and how you're feeling. Then imagine the most loving uh, memory that you can, you know, whether it's holding a child for the first time, um, your marriage, something beautiful, a peak experience, you walked in nature and you felt the the sun shining on your face, whatever that is. And what does that heart feel like? 
Mm-hmm. So you've got this in this idea of what is a you know brokenness, and and then you want a more expansive version, contraction to expansion. And in that space, think about the person that you want to forgive, you know, and imagine them that way. This is just one of the many ways. So you're taking the, the pain of that person and, the, and you can dialogue with them in your mind. Uh, I've done that where, you know, I have the, the person sitting in front of me in the chair and I'm just screaming and yelling and letting it all out. Mm-hmm. And then embracing that person as if it was a, a child that needed a hug. Oh, beautiful. And, you know, as you were explaining that, I pictured this this heart with just just completely broken and shattered in a lot of pieces, but still in the, in the frame of a heart. And then as you, uh, as you were describing that, that beautiful, loving presence, light, energy, whatever, I just imagined it all getting smoothed out to be this wonderfully smooth and beautiful heart. That was, that was beautiful. What do you want to make sure everybody knows before we wrap up? Um, that I actually, I'm going to be starting a new program called repair the world. It's a coaching program. It's for groups and but you get individual attention as well. And if people are interested, they certainly should call me. I'm, I'm giving you a free coaching session. Oh, um, wow. You know, they'll, uh, you can go to my website, thewinningadventure.com right now. I'm working on a new one about repairing the world. But the idea is, and I'm just going to give you the acronym for repair because I think it'll tell people repair. It is, is reclaim your brilliance, power, and purpose, your passion, know your values, you know, be in an authentic space. E is envision the life and world you like. P is partner for success. That means learning to connect and collaborate. Find supportive people in your life who are going to help you go on the journey the way you want to go on it. The A is activate your creative confidence. And that's where we talk about getting into courage and what does it take to, to, to forgive? What does it take? You know, it takes courage, bravery. Um, and so how do we get there? And then the I is invite spirit in. And, and I, that is one of the things, you know, you teach as you learn as well. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's been growing and growing over the years, how I've invited spirit in, whether it's through nature, prayer, meditation, um, gratitude journals, you know, blessings. And then the, the, the last is R is restore the light. You know, ask yourself, you know, what is one small thing you can do to shine the light for someone else to create a beauty in their life, pay it forward, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so that, that's where I want to go with people so I can take them on a journey inside themselves because when we are inside and heal, we are able then to shine the light for other people and be an example, offer hope and healing to the rest of the world. Oh, Ray, that's beautiful. First of all, you have the perfect name because you are a ray of sunshine, a ray of light. You, you just gave so much value and just, uh, I think gave everybody a lot of incentive to start being creative again. So I want to thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Wasn't that a great conversation? Ray really showed us how creativity holds the key to healing. And it doesn't matter if you're not a professional artist. Just explore your creative side and see what shows up. Ray was also so generous in offering you a time to speak with her. You can find the link to schedule that at PBT institute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. So often we measure our moods and level of health by something we see physically, like weight loss, healthier skin, whatever. But Ray shows us that something as simple as the colors you use or noting the difference in focusing on yourself than moving towards concern to others can be important measures too. I don't know about you, but I'm going to dive 
much deeper when I start journaling and see what shows up. And here's a gift from me. Head over to pbtinstitute.com to receive my gift of how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.